Hello and welcome back to the Yeshua Judaism series of podcasts. Today, uh, I will be discussing the alleged manifestations of God or a so-called pre-existent Christ. Basically, I'll be discussing whether or not God can be or ever has been literally, visually seen. Now, this discussion is currently not on the TorahMessiah.org website. It may be in the future. There's actually a number of articles and discussions which are not on that website. The, the website itself, TorahMessiah.org, is 19 years old. I basically first began the site in 2001. It's, it's gone through several of its own incarnations, you may say. And there's a lot of material that isn't on the current site. At some point, I may put it there, but uh, frankly, since most people today view or listen to things as they study, people unfortunately no longer read very much. The podcast and YouTube material, which is present for the Yeshua Judaism series, is actually a better way to reach people so that they will hear the material. Okay, so again, this is currently not on the website. We're going to be discussing the alleged manifestations of God and pre-existent Christ, as I said. Now, I want to note that this discussion actually is adapted from material that was authored by someone else. I prefer to not give that individual's name because, frankly, I have not received permission to do so. And to be honest, I do not know how to contact the individual because it was, oh, at least 15 years ago that this material, maybe probably even longer, that uh, I became aware of this material, and I do not know where that individual is, but I just want to put that out there. And uh, may he receive merit from the Most High God for this material if in any way it assists anyone in finding truth. And it's also a companion study to a separate discussion which focuses specifically on whether or not God as Messiah was ever literally seen. That is, whether or not God has ever been seen. Now, the reason, really, that the, the two studies kind of merge and become a single study. They're really the same discussion. And that's why the companion study itself is also not on the website. And I'll probably never even do an audio of it because uh, there's really no, no need to. Now, um, if it can be proven that Messiah, or excuse me, that God cannot be and never has been visually, literally seen, then obviously Yeshua the Messiah, or as he is unfortunately wrongly named, Jesus the Christ, cannot possibly be God. You understand? If, if God cannot be seen, and yet Yeshua was seen, then obviously Yeshua is not God in the flesh. So, um, let's we'll be dis- defining a couple of terms here. Uh, theophanies and Christophanies. Okay, I know that sounds like fancy words, and we'll define the words, and we'll start. Let's let's pick up with a verse from Exodus chapter thirty-three, verse eleven. So again, we're reading from Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, and I'll be reading here from the King James Version. 
And God spoke unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And that ends the quote. Such a statement is explained in theological terms as a theophany. Now, what is a theophany? A theophany is a term which refers to a visible manifestation of God or a God to humans, that is, literally seeing them visually. That's what a theophany refers to. It can also refer to an audible manifestation or hearing God. The uh, Hebrew term for that is about kol, basically a divine voice or heavenly voice. So that's what a theophany is. It's basically literally seeing or hearing God. Now, what about the term Christophany? Well, a Christophany is another theological term that's used to refer to either a visible or auditory manifestation of the pre-incarnate Christ, that is, the alleged pre-incarnate or pre-existent Christ. A Christophany is one interpretation of a theophany. However, neither of those words are found in Scripture. They are simply man's attempt to define and explain something that, that they don't understand. The Scriptures, however, do not leave us in the dark concerning the alleged appearances of the Almighty Creator God. Let's begin by trying to understand theophanies and whether or not they can be actual appearances of the eternal God. Okay, the Bible makes it quite clear that no one has ever seen or heard the actual Almighty Creator God. Consider the following verses. This is from Exodus chapter 33, verse 20. And he said, this is God speaking, through an agent, by the way, through a shaliach, and you'll have, I have an audio which, in which I discuss shaliach, or agents of God. So again, Exodus 33, 20. And he said, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Right? So God just said, nobody can see him and live. You can't see his face. Now reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time. That's pretty straightforward, people. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. All right? So there you, you have another example which indicates that no man has seen, hath seen God at any time. Now, note, this is from the Gospel of John, which, of course, was written long after the Tanakh, or as Christians irreverently call it, the Old Testament. Therefore, it was written long after the five books of Moses, the prophets, and the writings found in the Tanakh. Now, there are people who say that within those writings, within the Tanakh, that God was seen. You have Christians try to give examples of how, see, you can see God. Look, here, look at this verse. And they use various verses that we'll discuss within this, within this brief talk here that we're having. And so they'll point out or try to point out that God has been seen and that they'll, they have examples in the Tanakh that they call the Old Testament. However, here in the New Testament, the Apostle John says, no, sorry, pastors. Sorry, Christian leaders, you're wrong. John is saying that. No man hath seen God at any time. So, right there, I mean, and there'll be other passages that we cover from the New Testament. 
you have the New Testament directly refuting, directly refuting any Christian leader or any Christian who tries to say that God has been seen within the Tanakh. Any Christian or Christian leader who tries to present evidence from the Tanakh that God can indeed be physically seen, well, the New Testament itself proves them wrong. And here you have John saying, no one has ever seen God at any time. And of course, John, the apostle, wrote that long after the Tanakh was completed and written. Now, briefly, some Bible versions terribly misrepresent the verse I just quoted, that is, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 18. An example of this is what is shown in the New English translation, the NET. Now, I like the NET translation, but it's not perfect. There is no translation that is perfect. Now, it should be noted that most Bible versions do not render the verse as, it, as I will be reading it from the NET Bible. Unfortunately, however, the few that do are what God in the flesh promoters utilize, usually without informing their audience, in matter of fact, always without informing their audience, of the questionable nature of this particular translation. So here's John chapter 1, verse 18 from the NET. No one has ever seen God. The only one, himself God, note that, the only one, himself God, who is in closest fellowship with the Father, has made God known. Now, there you have a theological statement supporting the God in the flesh uh, belief forced into the verse by the translators. They're saying there, or implying within the first chapter of John, directly that Christ himself is God. It doesn't say that. The shameless bias of the specific scholar who was tasked with translating that verse is very obvious. Though I will not quote it here, the translator note within the NET, which accompanies the verse, actually makes mention of the potential error. But then they attempt to dodge the issue. I will not go into much detail about it here. I will simply point out how the phrase himself God, that is within the NET, is extremely biased and is a blatant attempt at deception. At best, the variation within the many manuscripts of the New Testament and manuscript fragments seriously undermines the translator's biased rendering of the verse as I just read it, and should cause any sincere reader to recognize its doubtful accuracy. Now, elsewhere I discuss, particularly in the discussion of 1 Timothy chapter 3.16, I mentioned how there's a lot of variation among the manuscripts of the New Testament and the manuscript fragments. And because of that, the reader or the sincere reader and sincere Christian who is studying the New Testament needs to be extremely cautious uh, with regard to taking a passage such as this, a passage which is basically affecting a fundamental belief you need to be very cautious about passages that, that seem to that directly impact a foundational doctrine of Christianity. Look at various tra translations and versions. Go look in a Greek lexicon. Basically, do your homework, as they say. Scrutinize the verses. Don't take them as, as gospel, so to speak. 
because here this is a blatant, blatant um, biased translation and rendering of John 118. As it, the one as it's found in the NET, it is absolutely blatant and it is fraudulent. All right. Now, continuing with other verses, let's go to John chapter 5, verse 37. And again, I'm generally going to be reading from the King James Version. The King James Version is by far not my favorite translation, but it's very near and dear to the heart of many people, so I'll be quoting generally from it. And unless I say otherwise, that will be the version that I'm translating from. So John chapter 5, verse 35, uh, excuse me, yeah, John chapter 5, verse 37. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, now this is Yeshua, the Messiah speaking, and the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have, ne- ne- excuse me, ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Now here you have Yeshua, the Messiah, whom Christianity says is God. Yeshua himself is, is saying, you've never heard God's voice, and you've never seen God. Wait a minute. But according to Christianity, since Yeshua or Jesus is the one speaking, they should be seeing and hearing God as he speaks. Right? But he's saying they've, now, they've neither seen him nor have they heard him. Now reading from John chapter 6, verse 46. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father. Again, this is still Yeshua speaking. And he's saying, again, no, no, no one has seen the Father. Or no. Now, Christianity will say, well, yes, that's how it's the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So that's how Christianity will explain that away. In effect, they'll say there are three gods. And there's no way to get away from that, people. The Trinity is three gods, okay? It's a totally bogus belief. I won't go into it here, but it's a false belief. Yeshua here is saying nobody's ever seen the Father. Well, Christianity says the Son and the Father are co-equal. That's the doctrinal term for it. Therefore, why would he be saying that? And then um, John, 1 John. Now, this is where it really gets interesting. 1 John, John's epistle, 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Now, this is John the Apostle saying this. John the Apostle saying, No one has ever seen God at any time. Now, This is John the Apostle, who traveled with Yeshua the Messiah and saw him every day for probably two or three years. And he's saying no one has ever seen God. Well, how could that be if Yeshua is God, whom he saw every day for years? That right there, (laughs) I mean, it totally destroys the God in the flesh teaching, but people still somehow believe it. I, I don't understand. Because here you have John saying, No man man hath seen God at any time. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. Now, unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, 
the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So now here you have the Apostle Paul in his letter to Timothy, his first letter, 1 Timothy 1.7, saying God is invisible. What? But wait a minute. Yeshua the Messiah was not invisible. Hmm. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16. This Again, this is John, excuse me, Paul writing to uh, Timothy. Who only hath immortality. Now, he's talking about God here. Who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. So there again, you have the Apostle Paul saying, no man has ever seen God, and no man can see God, and no man can approach God. But wait a minute. Yeshua walked around for years. He was seen by many men. He was heard by many men. Many men approached him and even touched him. People, (laughs) deviating slightly, this is why I try to emphasize common sense. Use your common sense. Think for yourself. Do not let Christian leaders deprive you of the use of your own common sense. I mean, don't let them tell you that you're stupid in being in applying common sense. Use your common sense. It's almost like Christian leaders are pointing their finger at your face and you, they're standing before you, and they're pointing a finger at your face saying, if you don't believe that Jesus is God, I'm going to shoot you with this gun. And you're like, uh, but you, you're not holding a gun. Yes, I am. This is a gun in my hand, and I'm going to shoot you in the face if you do not accept that Yeshua is God. But, but there's no gun in your hand. Yes, this is a gun. You must accept that you see a gun in my hand. You don't have a Master's of Divinity degree. You're just a lowly Christian layperson. What do you know? This this finger, I know it looks like a finger. This is a gun. But I, I know what a gun looks like, and you're just pointing your finger. No. If Unless you want to burn in hell, you will believe that you see a gun in my hand, and you will believe that Yeshua the Messiah is God in the flesh. Uh... And most Christians will then say, uh, oh, okay, okay, oh, please don't shoot me with that gun you're holding in your hand. That's what people do. They let their common sense be taken from them. Don't let that happen, people. And this discussion is a classic example of how you should just use your common sense. If the Bible says no one can see God, and yet people saw Yeshua daily, for years, then obviously Yeshua the Messiah cannot possibly be God. All right, I'll stop my rambling here, and let's return now to Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. All right, again, Exodus 33, 11. And God spoke unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Okay, now how can this be? How can this be the case? It says God spoke to Moses face to face, just like a man speaks to his friend. Well, if the other verses are correct, which they are, the verses that I read, particularly from uh, the Gospel of John, how can it be said 
that the Creator God spoke to Moses face to face. Similar statements were made in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 10, and Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. And I'll read those. Deuteronomy 34, 10. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel, like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. And then Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My service, my servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him I will speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? But, but wait a minute. So, Moses himself helps to explain this in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 4, when he said that the Lord talked with you face to face in the mount out of the midst of the fire. He was referring to the giving of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. Upon completion of Israel hearing those words, God told Moses to say to the children of Israel, you have seen that I have talked to you from heaven. All right, let us study this further. Did God actually speak to Moses face to face? Was God literally seen talking from heaven? Are these actual theophanies or Christophanies? Let's go on and find out if indeed that's the case. And I will pursue this. I've already reached over 22 minutes. And if I jump into more, it could go into 40 minutes or so. So let's pause here. And in part two of this discussion, we will continue it and answer some of these questions. Was God actually speaking to Moses face to face as if God has a face? Was God actually seen visually? Well, we'll delve into that in further detail in part two. And I appreciate you listening to this. And please continue listening because this is, this is one of the basic uh, discussions which, which disprove the God incarnate nature of Christ or Messiah. Again, if God cannot be seen visually, and Messiah was seen visually by many, many people, he cannot possibly be God. So thanks for listening, and tune in again to part two. Thank you again. Bye-bye.